0: Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. We hope that you enjoy this message. Ooh. Hey, welcome to church, everybody. How are we doing? We okay? Sometimes we got to take a moment to remember. I hope that was for more than just me, but if not, that's okay. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks for being here today. June 4th, 2023. It's June. Can you believe it? Yep. All right. Good. I, I can't, but uh, I'm up here alone, and why not Should be the only one, you know? Oakwood, we're so grateful for you being here with us. Thank you so much for, for being there. Hey, Wednesday night, I got to see so many of you from Oakwood that I had never met, and all we had between us was this lens and that screen, but now we have a personal relationship after Wednesday. How many of you were here on uh, our first summer night? I think that's what we called it. It was awesome. Was it great? That was the biggest slide, for, uh, inflatable slide I've ever seen in my life. Did you see the slide? That the kids were just running right up it, and I'm thinking, "Wow, they're they're pretty brave." That's at least 65 feet high right there in the parking lot. It's taller than Thompson Bridge. But anyway, i um, so grateful for for you all being there on Wednesday night and being a part of what God's doing in this place. What a what a cool season as we lean into the summer. I, I remember just kind of sitting back and watching some of the families, and I. I I was blown away by the community that God has established here and continues to cultivate here, and uh, what a, what a powerful thing that that God is doing. We we also have a membership class going on right now downstairs, and I was told that uh, twenty one people were in that class, and and uh, new new faces to Riverbend, and isn't that great? I mean, I don't know if you want to clap for that, but uh, you know, if I I will. It's awesome. It's really cool what God is doing here. And uh, as we continue in our series through uh, When the Dust Settles and the early church and we're walking through the book of Acts and we're seeing some pretty amazing things. And this week, I'm going to address a pretty popular question. I think it's one of the most popular questions maybe that a Christian asks. Maybe you're asking it today. And I don't want to disappoint you from the top, but this question I'm not going to answer today. I'm not going to answer it because it's not possible for me to answer it today. But my goal is not to answer the question. My goal is to address that there is this question that we have, that we're asking, and and there is one who knows the answer to that question. And even when we aren't the one who knows the answer to the question, we can trust the one who does know the answer to the question that so many of us are asking. What is God's plan for my life what is god's plan for my family for my church what's what's he laying out before me what is his will what is his plan and in in the sense that we ask that question if you're like me you want details you want you want intimate knowledge of the plan before you take a step that's how i'm i'm wired and And I want to tell you today that I can't answer that. I I can get pretty deep in the answer to that question, but I can't fully answer the question maybe like you're coming in here asking it, but there is is something maybe more important than fully answering every detail of that question. It's not a bad question to ask. It's not... It's not a bad thing to pursue the heart of God and the plan of God. That's a great thing. We need to lean into that. We need to seek his will, his plan for our lives. We need to seek his will, his plan for this church. We need to seek him and what he would have for Riverbend in the future. We need to be fervently praying for God's plan to come to pass here. This is a good thing. Sometimes I think we get so caught up in trying to understand every detail of the plan that we end up missing meeting with God himself. Because we're so eager to get the details. Sometimes God, most of the time, if not all the time, God just wants us to be close to him and trust him through the process More important than knowing the plan is trusting that he will accomplish his plan and that it is good. That's why I love the songs that we sang this morning. That's why I got so excited and started preaching before I really was supposed to start preaching because God's plan is good and nothing, nothing can stop the plan of God. Nothing. If he said it, You can believe that it's going to happen. The Bible time and time again reminds us of how his plan cannot be thwarted. The Bible time and time again reminds us that that what he says will come to pass. Look at Isaiah 55 just for one example of the Bible reminding us of God's plan and how secure we can be in it. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Look at verse eight. You probably know it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Prophet Isaiah was speaking and then the Lord takes over and begins declaring for us today. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And look at verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth making it bring forth and sprout and giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. His word will accomplish what it was purposed for his word will accomplish that for which it was sent. This takes, this brings us to a place of great confidence to know that whatever God set in motion in his plan will be completed. This is a call to trust. This is deeper than a call to know, although God allows us to know him and to grow in our knowledge of him and day after day, have our minds renewed by the Scriptures and and the Holy Spirit giving us wisdom and spiritual insight and understanding to know more of God and His love. He does. He is making Himself available so that we can know Him, but more than knowing, He wants us to trust Him even when we don't know all the details. Because you don't know what I know, declares the Lord. You don't see what I see. You don't think the way that I think. But but even in all of that, take heart because you can trust me. That's what today's message is all about. Trusting in the unstoppable plan of God. Because nothing can stop the plan of God. Nothing can. We find ourselves in Acts chapter five, and we're we're walking with the early church, and we're seeing all of these miraculous things, and they're the apostles and the the believers. They're blown away by all that God is doing, and we see in Acts chapter five, verse twelve, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, more than ever, more. So more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Acts chapter 5 verse 14 reminds us now that we're, we're not able to count anymore. We, at one point, the St. Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, told us that 3,000 were added, and then he said 5,000, and then thousands were added. And, and then we're now to the point where it's just multitudes. More than ever, believers were added to the Lord. The growth was so exponential that we're not counting. So that they even carried... the everyone even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. I mean, the expectation was so high that they believed the power of God so much that they would even, if they could even just get in the shadow of one of his servants, he might heal them. (laughs) People also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits. And look at this. They were all healed. This is not hyperbole. This is not an exaggeration. All. In this time, in this place, in this point in history... The Holy Spirit was moving in such a way that all who came before him in faith were healed. Unbelievable. And the the rulers, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the high priests, they, they saw this happening and they were, the Bible literally says, full of jealousy. Because the people of God were gaining influence and, and God, Jesus' name was becoming more and more famous to the point where people were just trying to catch a glimpse of the shadow of one of his servants. And they began to be more jealous and their jealousy grew and they arrested the apostles again, again, arrested them, threw them in prison again. And it, it unfolds, you can read it later, but for the sake of time, through the rest of The middle of chapter five, we see that the apostles were in prison, but while they were there, the angel of the Lord came and and delivered a message from God and said, go into all the people and remind them, teach them, bring bring to their view all of the words of this life. Remind them that that Jesus has made it possible for all to be forgiven of sin and, and to experience life and life to the full. For all who trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord may have the forgiveness of sins and experience eternal life starting now. Would you, would you teach them all the words of this life, the angel said, and then somehow the apostles left the prison. And at daybreak, it says they began teaching again in the temple. At daybreak, first sign of light, the first sign of someone coming to hear, they began teaching again, doing the same thing that they got in trouble for in the first place again. And the high priest sent for them to be brought before the council so that they could begin to question them and punish them for what they did. But when they went into the prison, they found the door was locked and the guards were in place and the apostles were not behind the door. Like, whoa. Scratching their heads. How does that happen? The door was not opened at all last night. The lock was securely fastened. I love it when God does it in a way that we can't explain. I love it when God performs miracles in a way that's so clearly him. That leaves us scratching our heads and it says that they were greatly perplexed. How could this be? The guards were there all night. And someone came to them as they were scratching their heads and said, They're in the temple preaching. They're in the temple doing what you told them not to do. So the rulers go and get them, and they bring them before the council, and they begin to question them, and the high priest is there, and the high priest said, aren't you doing exactly what I said not to do? Aren't you literally doing the very thing? I just have this picture of me with my kids. I don't know if y'all are that. It's like, that is exactly what I said not to do. Have I not made myself clear? You know, It's like... Do I need to make my voice deeper? No, no, you don't, Jared. And he says to them, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Not only have you disobeyed the law, but now you have filled all of Jerusalem. You're not trying to kind of be quiet about it. You're going into the temple and you have filled Jerusalem. Thousands are coming to hear And Peter answered with a simple and clear statement. He said, we must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. Obedience. The gospel produces obedience. The gospel is not just for learning. The gospel is to produce a response. And when you come in, Full view of what God did through Jesus for you and for me. It produces surrendered obedience. And that's what we have here. That's what the apostles were doing and that's what they were saying. And they were preaching to that end that all who would hear it would obey it. They weren't just teaching classes and hoping that people could learn. They were Preaching so that the gospel would produce a response of obedience. Good intentions are not enough. I found this very clear quote from D. Martin Lloyd-Jones this week. About how intentions are not enough and that the gospel must produce obedience. He said the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And then Peter begins preaching the gospel again. He begins preaching a familiar message. In Acts chapter 5, verse 30, he said, The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand and has made him leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. You see, the apostles didn't have blind faith. They were witnesses to these things. But then Peter goes a step deeper and he says the Holy Spirit is witness to these things as well. And I think in part what he was doing there is he was inviting all of us who haven't seen what happened with Jesus with our very eyes into the fold of witnesses. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of every believer giving witness to what has happened with Jesus. So the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him, brings it to our remembrance and helps us to believe there is content to our faith. We don't have a blind faith either because we have the Holy Spirit. And He helps us remember that it all begins with Jesus. It begins with His life and His death. That He died Just as the scriptures foretold and on the third day he rose again from the dead. Just as the scriptures foretold and and he was resurrected to new life and now has been highly exalted with the name above every name. At the right hand of God, his death was the atonement by which he satisfied the wrath of the one true God. Peter delivers this message Again and again and again, the apostles are preaching it. And the the familiarity now to the rulers and the Pharisees is clear. You killed him. You did. And then God exalted him. So what you purpose didn't work because God's plan will not be thwarted. and, And forgiveness of sins is found in his name. So repent and believe and receive the Holy Spirit. We've seen that week in and week out now. This message of the apostles. Then the word says that the people, the the rulers were enraged when they heard this and they wanted to kill the apostles. But there was a Pharisee, a very well-respected rabbi named Gamaliel. And I don't know about you, but that's a really cool name and a lot of nickname possibilities from Gamaliel. Like I'm out of kids at this point. Like I've, I've met my limit. So I'm not gonna name anymore. But if you're not, that's an idea. Gamaliel, all right. Gamaliel rose up and says to the people, listen, listen for a second. And, and he and he tells the apostles to go out and he kind of calls this executive meeting with the rulers. And he and he he brings to their remembrance two examples of people who tried to lead moves, who tried to lead movements and failed. And, and, and he says in verse 38 in, in this present case, I tell you. Keep away from these men. Just just leave them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. Just look at history. There's been person after person that tried to lead a movement. And because it was just their movement and something that they dreamt up, it will eventually fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. If it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Not only will you not be able to stop the plan of God, you will not be able to stop the people of God either because his people are a part of his plan. I I mean, that is really good news that nothing can stop the plan of God, and nothing can stop the people of God either. So, even in death, you cannot be stopped when you are in Christ Jesus. The, whatever the world has to bring against you, it's not enough. My goal today is to just breathe that confidence into you that even when you don't know the plan and even when it hurts and even when you're facing what might end up in death, you can trust and believe that God's plan is unstoppable. And if you're in Christ, you're a part of that plan. Gamaliel said, leave them alone. For you might even be found opposing God. You don't want to be found opposing God. You don't want to be found in opposition to the maker of heaven and earth. You don't want to be found on the opposite side of the creator and sustainer of life. But so often we do you remember Jonah? If you've ever been to Sunday school, you remember Jonah. This is one of our favorites. You've ever been to VBS? Do we do VBS? No, we don't do VBS. That's old. That's old stuff. That's old. Paige help me with that. What do we do? We do, we get, do we do stuff in the summer with kids? No, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. We did Wednesday. Thank you very much. And we're going to do that again. And we got more stuff happening with kids and I'm just crumbling up here in the weight of my ignorance. When I was growing up and I was in Sunday school, they had the felt board and they put a big fish up there with a big whale with a mouth open. And I don't even remember seeing anything that looked like that in real life, but that's on the felt board in my Sunday school class. And, and Jonah was in that mouth. And I remember being like, whoa, I don't want to be there. You know, do you remember God told Jonah, go speak to the Ninevites, go speak to those people. And the Ninevites were wicked people. They were bad people. And Jonah did not want to go there but he knew God told him to go there and he decided to go the opposite way. And so he got on a ship going the other way, but he forgot that God's everywhere. And so he's going the other way and the storm came and the storm was blowing the ship like crazy. And the people on the ship worshipped every other god that they could think of. they just coming up with gods to worship. And everybody had a different god on that ship, the, the book of Jonah reminds us. And they're praying to their gods, and they're asking their gods to save them. And, and the storm did not stop. And so they come to Jonah, and they say, it must be your fault. Who do you serve? Who, who's your god? And he said, it is my fault. Essentially, he said, it is my fault. I know it's my fault. I know what God called me to do, and I am opposing that. I don't want to do that. You need to throw me overboard so the storm will stop. And that's what they did. And the storm stopped. And the fish swallowed the man. And in the bottom of this belly of this fish, this is real. This is not just on the felt board. I thought it was just on the felt board, but it's real. It happened. And in this big fish, Jonah is praying to God and repenting and asking God to empower him to do what he asked him to do in the first place. And, and God then eventually spits him from the fish and sends him on his way to go and preach to the Ninevites. And when he does, he gives them a very simple message about repentance and turning from their ways. And, and they did. Miraculously, God did the work that he said he was going to do. Nothing can stop the plan of God. But I wonder if there's anybody here today in Oakwood, Gainesville, online, I wonder if there's anybody in here today who's fighting against God, opposing God. And, and maybe you're not actively doing it. Maybe you don't even know you're doing it, but maybe you do know. And as we're sinking into this reality that nothing can stop the plan of God, maybe the Holy Spirit is reminding your heart today that you are actually on the other side of His plan, trying to stop His plan because you want it to be the way you want it to be. It, it, it's a good plan, God, but maybe just a little bit different would make it easier for me to do. See, I think there's some of us in the room that are negotiating With the way that God sees it going. Maybe there's others of you in the room. that are just outright in rebellion. Choosing your own way instead of his. Kind of like Jonah. And you're not going to do. What he said you're going to do. Let's think about this for a moment together. Let's, Let's think about this foolishness. He is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all at once. He is omniscient, which means he's all knowing. He knows everything. He's omnipotent, which means he's all powerful. Nothing is outside of his ability, his strength, his might, his power. Why do we think that we can oppose him? And oftentimes when we hear that word oppose, we think it means like just running in the opposite direction, but sometimes, especially in our culture, it's just a few degrees off in the beginning and it becomes miles apart three years down the road. We like to operate in the gray. Negotiating that maybe God would move His route a little bit to fit our plan. Isaiah 14, 27, for the Lord Almighty has purposed, and who can thwart Him? His hand is stretched out. Who can turn it back? His hand is stretched out. His hand is is willing to save, and it's full of mercy and grace, and it's also out to lead us. Sometimes we want to just kind of adjust it a little bit. Lead us a little different direction. Lead us a little more towards where I'm trying to go. But Who can turn it back? Who can thwart him? If you're like me, it's much easier said than done. I trust God, but it's hard to trust him even when I can't see the future. If if only I could see it, I would be able to trust it. But most of the time, God's hand is unseen. So what do we do then? Just because you can't see the sun on a cloudy day doesn't mean it's not there. What do we do when we can't see His hand? Even when we don't understand why he is allowing certain things to happen, we can trust that he's in control and his plan is unstoppable. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that his plan is unstoppable and it is good and you can trust it. There's a great uh, poem that I found this week from Annie Johnson Flint. She's a brilliant poet and I found this really helpful and I wanted to share it with you. It'll be on the screen as well in case I'm going too fast. I know not, but God knows. Oh, blessed rest from fear. I know not, but God knows. Oh, blessed rest from fear. All my unfolding days to Him are plain and clear. Each anxious, puzzled, why, from doubt and dread that grows, finds answer in his thought, I know not, but he knows. I cannot, but God can, O oh, balm for all my care. The burden that I drop, his hand will lift and bear. Though eagle pinions tire, I walk where once I ran. This is my strength to know, I cannot, but God can I cannot but God can I know not but God knows even when I can't see his hand I can trust his heart why because Romans eight twenty eight reminds us we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose but Jared my life is not good And I feel like I've been doing the right things and my life is not working out good. I'm just calling you today, I'm I'm urging you today to trust His Word that will not return void. We know, we know for those who love God and are called according to His purpose all things work together for good. And we know the author of good. And you are not the author of good. I am not the definer of good. He is. Nothing can stop the plan of God. Romans 8 continues to remind us and just blow confidence in ourselves. What then shall we say? Verse 31 If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, who was raised? And who is at the right hand of God? And who indeed is interceding? For us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? All these things. what, What can separate us? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you feel like sleet sheep that are being slaughtered. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I think about this verse and others like it. And I think about how usually when we're quoting this verse. It's like bold, victorious, courageous, more than conquerors. But so often verses like this are meant for us when we're in the deepest, darkest struggle. And we don't have boldness to declare we're more than conquerors. But we're reminded by the Holy Spirit who is witnessing to us of what Christ has done, that we are more than conquerors. I'm, when I read verses like this, I'm reminded that oftentimes it starts with a puny whisper from our heart and our mind to remind ourselves we're more than con- I'm more than conquerors. Oftentimes when you need to remember that you're more than a conqueror, the most is when you're limping more than conqueror, more than a conqueror more than a conqueror and what happens when you remind yourself and when the holy spirit re- reminds you and witnesses to you of how true this is because of Christ your your whisper and, and your your whimper becomes stronger and stronger and stronger as you walk through life and you you see him prove himself time and time again you are more than a conqueror Because of him who loved you. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come. Nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation. Anything else will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Gamaliel had this wait and see mentality. He said just give it time. If it's real, it'll prove it. If the movement's real, you won't be able to stop it. Wait and see. If it's for man, it's going to fail. Wait and see. You won't even have to do all that you've been doing to stop this. Wait and see. His advice might sound wise at first, but in reality, it was a clear rejection of their message because their message was, no, 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 no. Jesus has completed the mission. He has accomplished the work atonement. He has accomplished. What only he could accomplish He has borne the wrath of God that I deserved on Himself. The punishment that brought me peace was laid upon Him and I'm healed by His wounds. This Jesus whom my sin took to the cross... There's no waiting to see if that's true. There, there's no more evidence to be revealed. Maybe you're here today and you're looking for more evidence to be revealed. I'm, I, I'm telling you, search it. Search the scriptures. Call out to God. A- ask him to reveal himself to you. And, and I, I promise you that for centuries, for centuries, he's been proving that what he said he was going to do, he has done and he will continue to bring to pass. There's nothing more to be revealed about the fact that nothing can stop the plan of God. And and maybe you're here today and you're looking for more evidence. There's two things I want to tell you as we close. First thing I want to tell you is you may not have time to wait and see. We all know that life is but a vapor. The word reminds us of that in James You may not have time to wait and see. We're not promised tomorrow. The other thing I want to tell you is the evidence has been submitted. It's been proven. Jesus is alive. That's not in question. Jesus is on the throne. He is Lord. And no one can take him off of that throne because that is God's plan for the salvation of all who believe in His name. That is not in question. What is in question this morning is what will you do with Him? What will you do with Jesus? Will you submit to Him as Lord and surrender control? Allow Him to lead you Or will you continue to oppose him by being your own Lord? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. That's where we started today. I want to remind you that God is here. Seek the Lord while he may be found. You're not promised tomorrow. You don't know when your time on earth is done. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He is near today. He is here. You can enter into his presence right now by the blood of Jesus. You can repent of your sins and believe on him to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness so that you can be made clean before him. You can trust his plan even when you don't see it all the way. You can trust and believe that God will have the last word. Psalm 33 reminds us the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. My challenge today in Oakwood and Gainesville is to seek him while he may be found draw near to him and he will draw near to you oakwood we love you pastor greg is going to take it from here we'll see you all real soon here in gainesville if if god's pulling on your heart and he's speaking to you clearly as he's speaking to me clearly all week and this morning i want to urge you to respond to him I don't know what your response looks like. I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know how your response needs to go. Only that's between you and the Holy Spirit. But in these moments where you have just a moment with him, I want to urge you to to draw near with full assurance of faith. Having your heart sprinkled clean by the pure water. Is he who promised is faithful. He will surely do it. Father God in heaven, we're here for you. We thank you for being here with us. God, I pray as we draw near to you that you would wrap your gracious, merciful arms around us. That you would prove your love to us in these moments. That you would strengthen our faith so that Even when we can't see what you're doing, we can trust that your way is higher, your thoughts are higher, that your plan is always good. Help us now by the power of your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church Podcast learn more about who we are as a church and how to connect you can head over to our website riverbendchurch.life